Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is Donna D, a.k.a. The Urban Mommy, and I am here with another podcast. Today, we have a very good topic for all of those, especially those who are in New Orleans and those who are in love with New Orleans. I have a lot of followers who are not from here, and they love everything about the culture. So today, I have with me Tamika, and she is involved in everything in the culture, um, and she is going to discuss Basically, we're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. So, Tamika, can you introduce yourself to everybody? Yes, I can. How you doing, everybody? My name is Tamika Calvin. Um, You see me a lot on Sundays. Y'all see me out when they have anything to do with the culture. But, you know, if you see me in the streets, you can just say, hey, Mika. That's what I go by. Okay. And that's and the funny thing, I just was telling Tamika that I always see her. I, I, I see you all the time. In fact, you on some of my videos dancing. Mm-hmm. And... I don't, you, we've never met each other, but when I saw oh. who you were, I said, I know that she with the Indians, because I know you, I didn't know you had all the kids that you told me, but I remember you have the kids with you, and I know you with the Indians. I remember one of those days was when we had a second line and a St. Joseph night. I remember seeing y'all early in the day, and then y'all was all out with y'all shirts on, and y'all, I think y'all met, well, y'all did match, I didn't think. All right, so can you tell everybody how you got brought into the culture? Yes, um... I got brought into the culture in year 2016. I started getting introduced into it because um, when I was younger, we wasn't allowed to be out there because it was always something going on. So my grandparents, they raised me, they didn't allow me to be out there. So the more and more I started to grow and have my own children, you know, things get expensive sometimes. So you look for something to do with your kids that's free. So I'm like, well, we're going to start going to the second lines. And at the time, that's what we did. We started going to the parades every Sunday. And um, I met through being outside. And I met through um, one of my daughter's friends. Her mother was a part of Nine Times Untouchable Divas. And her name was Letitia Mark. She's not she's no longer with us. The see so this brought me into the culture and I started being out there with her a whole lot and I was like well wait how you in the ropes because the sidewalk is cool but I want to be in the ropes with the clothes on <laughs> so my friend brought me into the group and we decided to um I decided to become a member and um I paraded with them in 2019 and then I switched over to full work I left the I left the divas and I switched over to um footwork family, which was with family ties and I've been rocking with them. Okay. So I know I figured that that footwork family was a part of that. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember the first time I remember seeing the shirts was that year they came out on broad. That was their first real one on their own type thing. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So what about the Indian culture? When did you get involved in that? Oh my goodness, I got involved in the Indian culture the same year that I paraded because that's the year that I met my husband. My husband was into the Indian side of it and I was like, I don't want to do that, that's boring. And he was like, it's not boring, you just gotta learn about it. So it started off with me sitting down, helping him so helping him get ready for Mardi Gras day. And we would have these talks and we would watch these documentaries, which enlightened me into a different side of him because the Indian him and at home him are two different people. You most definitely have to understand that. 
So we started going, um, I started going out with him and we started going to Indian practice and different Indian events. And I was like, wait, I kind of like this, you know? <laughs> so um, I didn't initially get involved. My son got involved first. Mm. I don't care what I got to do. I want to put on <laughs> And I'm like, you're not going to do that. He was like, yes, I am. So he literally would sit at home and we would have these big sessions where we sat down and we sold together as a family. And that's what the culture is supposed to be about and based mm -hmm. around is that family foundation because it's an entity of its own, but it's also a small circle. So anybody that's involved, we consider each other to be family. Right. So that's the exciting thing about the culture and when I got into the Indians I don't know that just like lit a whole different fire inside of me and now I can't get enough of it um every day I'm getting better and better at it so I'm just working on it and sooner y'all might see me pop out with a suit uh oh because I know you 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 be pretty you be pretty buff oh yeah <laughs> y'all oh, yeah. be wild I remember one of those it was St. Joseph's night. I remember uh, when I saw y'all. I think y'all might be on my, one of my videos I have because I was standing right there where y'all was passing. And I don't remember. And yeah, y'all had black and red on because uh -huh. y'all, you and the kids had like on the shirts. Y'all had like the white shirts with uh -huh. something on it. I remember that. That I think whatever that year was, they had something earlier that day because I remember I saw y'all earlier that day. Yeah, I, I think that was. It was the second line downtown that day, and then yeah. uh, St. Joseph was. Uptown that same night. Yeah, so we it was something like that. Because I think it was the, uh, the second yeah. night. I mean, but, so St. Joseph night that night. St. Joseph was that night. I remember exactly what you're talking about. Uh huh. But I know y'all was rolling. I what and it's good because just like you said, once that that suit get on, or once you get in that Indian world, they totally you totally two different people. It's yeah. another world. Yes, you have to understand though basis of where each culture is founded on because it runs deep, okay? Now, both of them come from, of course, the slave trade. Um, the Africans, when it comes to the second line world, the Africans met Congo Square, we all know that. That was the only place on a Sunday where we would stay, where we could go and congregate amongst each other without being punished or being hurt because we wasn't allowed to congregate with each other, so the slave would be at church while on Sundays this is what we did we sang and we danced so that spirit alone of ancestors that run through our blood you have to grow here to understand mm -hmm. and the people who come here who get full off of that culture because it's very rich it's very real you can feel that spirit particularly when you're out there it's like you know whatever you're going through that whole week you could be beat up tired i'm i'm stressed out but look see sunday when you open your eyes you know what it's just something in you that just get up and be like you know what i'm gonna go do something i'm gonna go have a good time today it's a lot of days well you know the day made the week may start off bad but on sunday i'm releasing all of this because yeah. i'm out there but my ancestors is taking over me. So I'm doing something that they approve of. And you feel the love. You feel the um the the wantingness around because everybody is like on the same page. We're not out there fussing, fighting, arguing. Everybody just wanna dance and have a good time. And that's 
what it's really about. And then when it comes to the Indian culture, you know, black people got involved with the Native Americans because they hit us when we were runaways. So we do that to pay homage to those tribes who helped the slaves and who helped the runaways. We pay on Mardi Gras Day, we pay homage to them for helping us. So that's still, and that's still a whole different type of spirit. So we still are honoring our ancestors. Then that's just like any child, when they're doing the right thing, they seek their parents' approval. Well, we have approval from these ancestors and you can feel it because the spirit is high, it's rich. And it's just, it's really all love. I know a lot of times it seems intense and it can get serious, but at the end of the day, that's just the ancestors doing what they're supposed to do. That's being able to let that anger and aggression out in mm-hmm. a healthy way and in a healthy environment. And at the end of this, we're going to shake hands and we're going to keep moving. Right. And that's what it's about. And I think that's one of the things about New Orleans that we have to really be very careful about and very... um considerate about because it's not that we don't want others coming into our culture but if there's nothing like New Orleans in no place like New Orleans if everybody is trying to mimic that let's say another place is successful we no longer have that right and we need that because this city really thrives on our culture it's nowhere else you could go on a Sunday between August and February and they have a second line up the street. You just don't see that nowhere else. You know, you don't see Mardi Gras Indians. You don't celebrate Mardi Gras the way we celebrate Mardi Gras here in New Orleans. Like there's no place like that. There's no place that could mimic this. And our one of a kindness should be honored and we should take that very seriously from our bounce music to everything. You're right. And I'm glad you brought that up about the, the where it came from when it came down to the second line how they used to go to Congo Square because a lot of people sadly a lot of people who live in New Orleans they don't even know they really don't know the history of second lines they like, don't they don't realize that it's actually like, or it's really organized I mean it's a Sunday for each you know group and it's, it's a it's a season it's a everything is organized when people don't see that when football season starts you start getting ready for second line season because football season and second line season they do they run half Usually, you see people out there in they whatever respective teams they like, and mm-hmm. they are dancing in their thing. Yes, there is a season because there is there are I want to say 42, 42 second line clubs. And, it's a lot, and mm-hmm. there, there are new and upcoming clubs, so clubs. there are more that's being added to this roster all the time. Mm-hmm. And, each club is supposed to take care of their community. That's why they're called social agents. Uh-huh. Clubs. The pleasure part is the second line part. When you see school giveaway and the Easter basket giveaway or just somebody doing something nice and private and let's say one club might come together and they take care of this one family. That's the social aid of it. We take our community that's how we give back mm-hmm. and celebration from us giving back is we're gonna throw this big second line in this community 
so that everybody is able to see and participate in it. So it's still a respect thing. It's still giving back. And a lot of people don't see that side of it either. They think it's parties, parties, parties. No, we give parties, but these parties, we take this money and we try to do something that we can for the community. And it doesn't matter how small or how big, as long as you're able to do something. If it's making a donation, if it's helping with a child, if it's helping a family needs, that's what they're there for. Right. And they got to realize that those parties that y'all throw during the year is just fundraisers to do yes. other stuff. They are fundraisers. Yeah. They, so everybody see the party and everybody see the clothes and the outfits, but they don't see the bigger thing. So how you feel about that? Like we always have people complaining. I had somebody on one of the posts the other day under a comment said something negative about uh, the second line. I posted a video. In fact, it was like yesterday. I posted a video of the second line and somebody said, oh, they need to uh, find jobs or something like that. How do you feel about the negative image that people have of people that second line? Um, That's very controversial because already as second liners, it's hard for us to find a job that's going to give us off on a Sunday. So you're already taking a chance with saying, you know what, well, I'm going to work for these people and I'm going to work these hours. People who do not, again, who don't understand the history of it and even if they do understand the history of it to them it's not important and not, that's just their personal opinion mm -hmm. that's why the culture is in the circle it has the small circle that it has because this culture is important to us right while we're called culture bearers because mm. we are bearing this culture we're taking a burden on our back of this culture to try to pass it down the next generation so that they can continue to do this and this is where again the culture is going to die we have jobs how y'all think we pay for this stuff this exactly. stuff not, this stuff is not cheap we not just giving fundraisers to take y'all money to pay for our stuff to parade in no this is the money that we take and we take care of the community with the stuff that we parade in we got to pay for that out of our own pocket even still and you have to be able to be financially stable and there are times when I could not hit the streets it's been time when I had trouble hitting the streets because you still have a life you still have responsibilities but me personally I take the culture of my city seriously so therefore I feel like this is where I belong this is my freedom this is my spiritual freedom and this is what my spirit gets fed so I feel like I'm doing justice by giving back and continuing to feed that into the next generation Okay. And speaking of the next generation, how do you feel about the next generation? You think they will be able to carry it on? Oh, I think we got some hard hitters out here. Mm -hmm. I not just in dancing. I mean, that's really trying to educate themselves and really learn what they're doing. I have um, four, four kids who are involved in the culture. I have two, well, really three. I have three boys that play in brass band one of my sons he masks indian and then i have a daughter who masks indian as well and if you sit down and you talk to her she can tell you why she does it if mm. you sit down and you have a conversation with my son he's able to regurgitate what he's learned he's able to tell you why he does it and what it means to him and then they also play brass band music so they're in it on both sides and they paraded before as well. They paraded with the brass hoppers on um, this year. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, they only wanted to do it once. They more into the Indian side of it. They want to focus on that. So mm-hmm. they fell in love with that side. And I applaud them for it. But musically, they're on the streets a lot. Um, if you see Herb and Josh, Josh is the, the one who plays the trumpet. He's about he's about maybe 4'11", but he's 10 years old. But when you hear him play, mm-hmm. he plays like he could sit with the grown men. Mm. And um, Herb, he's 16. He plays the trombone, and they all—they both play in the Never Stop Brass Band. They are both members of Recreations Brass Band. And if you see them out, you'll see them playing with Hot A, TBC, The True, Big Six. They all, as you know, us being the culture bearers, they're all trying to scoop these children under their wings in different ways to make sure that they've been taught right and that they have what they need to carry it on and a lot of kids out for a really really big name um Princeton um mm-hmm. Kanai um Omir um Remy uh J5 um JJ uh you got Mendel um I'm trying to think who else Lyric it's so many, but it's those are the ones, those are the ones in Lexi too. Those are the ones that I'm really close with it. So I have, you know, uh regular interactions with, with them, but there's still some oh T Daryl. We can't forget about T Daryl. He was mm-hmm. the first kid. Yep. As a baby. For uptown swingers. So kudos to him for that. In a wagon. I remember that. Yep. His mom really made it happy for him. So you can't about him, but it's still so many others who've been out here, you know, like Young Rollers, well, Big Club, the Wachmo have their kid division, mm-hmm. the Men Buck Jumpers have their kid division, so each club, old style, new style, they have that, it's so many things, they have a lot out here, it's um, three steppers, um, Trigger Black, and mm-hmm. nine times have their division with Zell, and um, I think Wayne is also a part of that, so they like everybody is like we all just like you know we're trying our best to teach them the right way but you know family first families are and we just have to teach them that it's the right way to do things as the adults and that's part of being a culture family you know i i think that children are big hitters and heavy and they're needed and I do think that they're ready to pass it down they definitely are and I will say this this generation as in the older people they did an excellent job with those babies because those kids I don't know all their name I know Princeton because that's my son that's my friend's son uh-huh. so I know Princeton I know T. Dad well you know I don't know him but I know him from the you know from the second line world but he that little I've been watching him since he was small he always smiling and he could yep. dance his little butt off. I love the I love watching those kids because they just. I, and what's the little one name? I think Cuddy his name. Yeah, that's Kanai. That's oh, I I just love him. They just they're so cute. I love all those kids. I love to watch them because they all could dance and then they really be into that world. Yeah, they, and they they turn into new little people. I I was looking at Princeton yesterday when he was dancing, and I said, just look at his face. It's just he's so serious with it. He's just so. Those kids are. How they say they didn't been here before? Them kids yeah. feel like they got all different spirits. Yeah, that's, again, that's the ancestors that you yeah. know. Because that's not those children are not the same before and after a second line. If you pay attention, you know, mm-hmm. you're right. Better and better every time. You know, when you see them, they humble. You know, but kids gonna be kids. They still like to play and talk. Mm-hmm. 
joke around, you know, but when that music turned on. That's it. Like, I saw, I can't remember what parade, I can't remember what parade I was. We was on St. Charles. I saw Jay, Weeby son. I saw Lil Jay and Kim and Princeton was playing. I was like, and then you forget these are kids, but they just play. And I'm like, these these are children. But because when you see them dancing, it's, it's that just is so serious. They so serious. I'm like, I, yeah, I forget that as children. The way they was playing, I said, look at them really like actually. And I was happy to see that. But I'm not gonna lie, this 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 community, we did a really, I'm saying we, but they did a really really good job with those children. I do think that they are ready to take it and and pass it on. They, they definitely can hold I'm it down. Look, they done pulled me to the side a couple of times. <laughs> oh, AT, you gotta dance. Like, look, I can't keep up with y'all. Y'all forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you feel about? I know they always talk about the people in the ropes. How you feel about all when they be having? Because you you actually second line. So when y'all have all them different people in your rope, that's not you know that's not supposed to be there. Um, usually only the photographers are allowed, and we okay. as a group discuss what photographers are allowed in okay. and which ones are not. But they have to understand that to for, to be able to parade inside those ropes is ten thousand plus dollars. Mm. People pay money for that. The city thrives off of this. Yeah, it's a big income for the city of New Orleans. Mm. So it's disrespectful for you to come inside of somebody's rope and you mm-hmm. have not paid any money. That's, it just it is. Yeah. And you can't get upset because somebody's saying, hey, you know, y'all don't cut the ropes. Mm-hmm. Dance alongside the ropes and stuff like that, that's fine. But you don't get in front of nobody ropes or go in the ropes. That's disrespectful. Yeah. That them know that you don't care for the, who they are or you, you know, you look better than them. That's a challenge in other words. And it's a million mm-hmm. reasons why people would feel like you. that's the part of the culture that I don't like. You know, mm-hmm. that's petty competition with each other. Yeah. That's some things that we really have to work on because these are the things that their next generation also watching. But you mm-hmm. have to them and show them. You know, if you see my children out there and you'll notice, I tell them, don't go on their road. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. You have to tell them. And people have to understand that when they, in this culture, you know, when you have another culture bearer that's trying to show them the right way, it's nothing personal. We just want to teach them the right way because one day they're going to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's disrespectful and it costs a lot of money for them, folks, but it also keeps that group safe because if we get into that crowd and mingle into that crowd and something happens, at the end of the day, my member is my top priority that right. I know that these people in this group are safe you know and that's also with the bank if something happened hey we could stop the grandma mm-hmm. stop the the ropes closed off and the bank can walk off you know like we still have to understand that this is New Orleans and unfortunately there are some unforeseen that happen so you do have to prepare and there's kids out here there's elderly out there. So in order to protect that group and to let you know what is parading, those ropes, those people pay for those ropes. They mm-hmm. And that's disrespectful it is. Right. Now, I'm glad you said that too about this is New Orleans. And I know sometimes we do have incidents that happen and stuff, but for the most part, I, I don't feel that second lines are dangerous. People always make those little comments and talk about how bad second lines are. But I always try to remind them that the stuff that usually happens are usually at the end 
or it's usually away from the second line, and then the second yeah. line always it's get the bad credit. Inside of the neighborhood. Yeah, it's, and then they blame the second line. And, you know, when people are gathered in that one spot, and the band is gone, and the music turns off, and, you know, everybody high tied, they breathing hard, breathing heavy, sticky, I don't want you to touch me type of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, That's where we, as adults, have to really grow up. Yeah. And we have to take accountability for that. We have to take accountability for showing that to our children. And I'm not going to sit here and say that second lines are dangerous because they're not, because we could be on the streets before I was happy. Anything. Nothing. But the mm-hmm. music, the minute that music turned off, it's a situation. And it's not always the parade goers or the parade it's the outside people from the neighborhoods and stuff like that. And that's yep. the bad part of it. It is. And a lot of us, like they say, we we all kind of like a little family. We all do things. Like, we bring out, I bring my children out there. So, I really don't think it's dangerous. I just think that, first of all, in this city, anything could happen at any point. You know what I'm saying? But but for people to make those comments that they always make about the second lines, like, it's just so bad. That's I'm like. Because, that's because those are personal statements. Something probably has personally happened to them or a family or a loved one. And the second line was involved. We all know about the man shooting. Those guys wasn't supposed to be out there. They did that. They planned that to happen mm-hmm. like that because they were cowards. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll talk about that later when we get into the system and all of that stuff. But, you know, as far as the culture is concerned, it's not the people that's in the culture. It's not the second lines. It's what's going on outside of those second lines. But the second lines that are happening is actually the time when the least things happen in the city as well. Yeah, that's true. That's It is the least because, you know, we're not doing nothing like that. And the good thing about the kids, all them for the most part get along. So I, I don't see all that bickering going into the future because all those kids, you know, their second line with 40, if we got 42, they second line with almost all 40 of them groups. So those kids get along with each other. They All the bands kind of, you know, getting along now because they, they play with each other all the time. So I think some of that is going to die down. Some of that, you know, pettiness may die down soon. Yeah. Um. The thing is, is like those children, they don't have any, I'm not going to say they don't have no friends outside of that, but they don't relate to a lot of other kids who are mm. outside of this culture. Mm. So they only have each other to really depend on. You know? They have a post that says, you know, I don't care who my mama related to, but I pick my own cousins. Mm-hmm. You know? And they pick each other as their circle and as their own family and they've created their own bond. And I think we could learn a lot from them with that as well because I can't go to school and talk about second line, second line, second lines and y'all don't even you never been or right. you don't care to go. So, you know, I'ma talk to the people who was like, Yeah girl, we had fun. You seen him? He was dancing on his on the car and did you see him or did you see Princeton? Yeah, he was rolling all over the ground. Nobody <laughs> saying them mm-hmm. for each other. So that's the good thing that they have. And when you have these type of bonds, these are the bonds that last forever. They started so young with each other. 
they grew up together. They're growing up together. They want to do the same thing. Everybody want to go to the same kind of colleges. Everybody want to do the same thing. I want to be in a band. I want to pick for the girls saying I want to be dancers. You know, they are creating and manifesting for themselves where they're going to go. And they have that so that they don't have to get this keeps them out of trouble out of trouble you're right it keeps them busy it gives them something to do and it's pretty much free unless you're going inside the road because it don't cost nothing to come outside on a sunday okay. at, all. at all frank you if you got food stamps you can get you a couple of bottles of water and <laughs> on the store or something so right you don't gotta eat what's out there you would look we know how to make it out here and this, you know, I'll tell you in the next segment, but this culture, <laughs> we need this culture for these kids, but we also need this for ourselves because yeah. we need a break from everything else that's going on. This is not, this is not normal, the, the term that we're living in this city, but this culture brings that one thing that's normal to us that we all grew up saying, all grew up being mm-hmm heard the music all seen I was going out on Sundays and doing these different so now this is the one thing that's holding it together and mm-hmm. if we have this then we don't have nothing you're right and in fact we we can actually talk about the other stuff because this definitely definitely is related you know that is related so we also want to talk about like domestic abuse juvenile justice what's going on with these kids Tamika tell them how many kids you have I have eight children Eight and who? How old is the oldest? My oldest is twenty-one. Okay, twenty-one and the baby. The baby is five. She'll be six on November the no. I'm sorry, September the fourth. Okay, all right. So you have experience dealing with with children, with with ju- juveniles as far as kids. So I know you say you had some issues going on. So can you tell us a little about about what you wanted to discuss? Yes, most definitely. Um, unfortunately. You can you can try to shelter your children. A lot of the things that are going on in the city is all the violence. And when you have multiple children, like I do, sometimes one of them is just flip. So I had a 14-year-old who was out there in the streets, and she's a girl. Her name is Anna. She started when she was 12 with the running away. The being competitive, the not going to the wrong type of friends. That's what it started as I started seeing the pattern of her choosing the wrong type of friends. So my initial reaction to the parent was, I got to buckle down. So when I buckled down on her, she was already rebellious. It made her even more rebellious. So now at 13, I'm dealing with her walking out with her not coming home and she will be gone for weeks at a time. I'm not talking about like, oh, I'm at time. I'm going to my house and go sleep over there so we can cook up. I mean, this child will be gone for weeks at a time. I call in OPD. They wouldn't come to the next day. We talking about a 30-year-old little girl on the street. I call in OPD. They come the next day. Oh, well, all we take down the report. I'm like, well, when y'all gonna start looking for her, like, oh, well, we don't do that anymore. Mm-mm. 
they don't get out and look for kids who ran away. They just take a report, and what is only taken so that the parent cannot be held liable for whatever the children are doing when they are not in your presence and they've left the house without your permission. I want to say, ran away January. She was gone. She didn't come back until the middle of February. She didn't want to come and go to school. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Bless you. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't want to follow school. She left again in March. She was arrested for stolen car. Oh, wow. Possession of 28 grams of marijuana. Um, a gun. Oh. Robbery. And 277. So that's being run. Oh, you said a felony? A felony. Ooh. The day that she got arrested, that was the first night I had slept in almost a year and a half. Because I knew she was safe. So she was safe. She was in one spot. wasn't out on the streets. It was the people that I knew in the culture who was trying to help me with my daughter. Talking to her. If they saw her. um, If they fed her. And I was so grateful for that because we've gotten away from it takes a village. A village. I've had a lot of backlash about the type of parent I was. I'm too strict and I don't let her do this and I don't let her do that. Well, I I didn't understand that because I didn't go through that with my older two and my older two are girls. Hmm. So this was all new to me, but the thing that she was saying, a lot of it was social media type of stuff I was noticing because... She really couldn't tell the difference between reality and mm. what I took her to children's hospital. They kept her um, for many days and was like, not nothing wrong with her. She got behavior problems. Take her back home. Took her back home. She was cutting herself. I took her back to the hospital. The doctor sent her home the same day. No. The doctor said it's not nothing wrong for, with her. She's doing that for attention. So I'm like, well, if she's doing this for attention, you don't think that that's a problem with her mental right. within itself? Well, she thinks she don't want to kill herself. She just wants somebody to pay attention to her. So I bring her back home. She go to school. She have an episode at, at school called the crisis situation. But me, it was, she didn't want to do her work. She wanted to leave. So they NOPD, NOPD took her in a crisis unit. We went back to Children's Hospital. At this time, I have the principal and the social worker at the school, and she can't come back to school without a psychiatric evaluation. The doctor pulled the glass. I know. She looked at the principal. She looked at me and said, well, she's not psychiatric evaluation here because the hospital don't do that. She says, so you can take her and schedule her an appointment for her to get mental services and they will give her a psychiatric evaluation, but we don't. They discharge two days later, gone. 
And that's when she caught that's when she caught the charges. So the whole time and she was in Orleans Parish, they were telling me they couldn't they didn't have them. It was Jefferson Parish the whole time. Jefferson Parish came on the news. I wanna say a week or before got arrested and said any kids coming from Orleans coming back here sending cars doing mm-hmm. We have some oh, and we would no mercy. This girl, car lot sold the car. Other children. One of the one, the boy took charge for the that was his gun. So, charge ended up dropped. The marijuana charge of being dropped. Only charge was two felony theft and gave her two years in Paris. Right now, she a shot her. Louisiana, where for two years? She got two years. Two years. Wow. I don't know how long the children got happened with them because oh, when they call, they keep all separate and you not each other and stuff like that. So I don't know what happened. I know she was sentenced to two years. Wow. So what make? Do you know what makes them give them give them a felony? As opposed when to just a regular? When it's over a certain amount. So let's say you go into the store and you steal a pack of bubble gum. They can't really give you a charge for that. They could take it away and say, hey, we saw you and then let you go. Anything over $5,000, you are going to jail. And, and I guess that's that's in Jefferson. But I've had experience in New, in New Orleans with this with similar situation where mm-hmm. I had to go my son had a warrant for his arrest. I had to go turn him in to the police station. The mm-hmm. one back there off, off of Milton Street. Yeah. When we went back there, the lady was like, she basically didn't even want him. She was like, what do you want it for? She was like, oh, well you could just bring him back home. And I was like, well no, he wanted I want to make sure he get turned in because I don't want the people coming to my house and all that stuff. I want to turn him in. Basically, she said, unless they do something violent, they're not keeping them in jail. So she sent us right back home. Orleans Parish is a joke when it comes to juvenile justice. Let's Man, just... yeah, that, that, it's yeah, Orleans. Parish is totally different because I could have signed Naya out of Jefferson Parish, but the judge looked at me and was like, I don't think she deserves to go home. So I'm going to revoke this bind and you're going to leave her here. And you could go home, Mom. Mm. I want you to go get some sleep. It was only Jefferson Parish that was hearing what I was saying. And do you know when I told them everything that I had went through in Orleans Parish? She said, yeah, that's pretty much the story that we've been getting from all the other parents with the kids that's coming over from Orleans. Orleans Parish does not care about these children. Nope. They do they, not. They, they are always going to blame blame the parents but they don't realize that a lot of us and i'm glad you on here telling this story because a lot of us really try we go through all kind of stuff and we literally in any help. from the fifth district an officer from fifth district and the seventh district on two separate occasions when i needed to call nopd told me i was down bad for raising my child in the city of new orleans because this is not a place to raise children so i got scolded raising my kids in New Orleans because I know better 
and that I should take my kids and leave. I said, well, sir, how am I supposed to leave? Oh, we could give you $500. That'll help you relocate. I say, so where I'm supposed to stay for $500? Where we supposed to go? It's seven of us in this house. So what, what is your $500 going to do? I let them know that I had some little boys who was with my daughter. They were sitting outside my house with guns every day. They was um, threatening my son. They was doing all kinds of stuff. So when I would call the police, they was like, well, we can't prove that it's them. I'm like, what? We can't prove that it's them, so we can't do anything. All parents are not bad parents because their child has succumbed to peer pressure. You know, that doesn't make you a bad, that doesn't make you a bad parent and it does not speak to your parenting. And I've had a lot of backlash and I've had a lot of people tell me how bad of a mother I am. But how bad of a mother can I be when I'm doing the best I can with the resources that I have? I had to make a decision. Okay, the rent here is so high, right? I usually work two or three jobs. I had to quit two of my jobs because I had to choose whether to be present Right for my children, or just make sure the bills paid and they raise themselves. So I'm not gonna sit here and fake the phone, but we struggle a lot financially because I'm still a mother and I still have to raise my kids. I just can't leave my children, and they I, I can't account for what they do 24 seven. I can't raise them through the phone. Right. You know, because that's what they are expecting us to do is raise these kids through the phone. Like these, all of these people that came and bought this property after Katrina and got these Airbnbs and had the rent. Rent was already sky high because the city had to recover from Katrina. But things have just gotten ridiculous. Like it's hard to have a family. Right. And let me, let me tell you this, back to the, the children's hospital situation. I had the same problem with them, but he they kept him for, I think, one time like a week and then one time like five days. So the next time when I was having issues, because really, to be honest with you, you can't get nothing from the police. So the, the only person that almost can help us is the hospital, trying to get him some mental health. That's really what it is, is mental mm-hmm. health. So let me tell you, so I didn't want to do children because he had just got released from children. So I found... Uh, what's that one in uh Elmwood? There's River another one, River. That one. I called them right, so I call them. I tell them my problem. They're like, okay, bring him. I brought him there one night about nine o'clock at night. I sat there. They took forever to come to us. You know, I guess they like whatever. They just kind of ignored us. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm gonna you know leave him here because you know I'm assuming that they're gonna keep him. So I left, cause you know, at children's, when your child over like 15 or so, you can't even be in the room sometimes. So anyway, I left. When I made it home, they started calling me on the phone. I'm like, what they calling me for? And they like, oh, you need to come get your son. I'm like, come get him for what? I'm like, I just brought him there. He needs help. He needs to stay in there. They like, no, you need to come get him. I'm like, all right. So I said, I'm gonna come in the morning. Cause it's like two o'clock in the morning at this point. And I'm like, you calling me at two o'clock to come back out there. So I'm like, I'm not coming. So by the morning time, I say, well, let me go call around and see if I can find somewhere else because I found out that Oxner has a program too. So yeah. as I'm trying to call to find out, they keep calling me. Do you know that they call child protection on me? Oh yeah, they called them on me too. Yeah, I have a, they, they just closed the case. I have an abandonment case. They, um, they told me 
that it was something going on with me and something going on in the house as to why she solely alone was acting up. I said, so you telling me that the rest of my children are jeopardized because she wants to be disrespectful and disobedient? Mm-hmm. I was like, this is like a spit in the face because you're telling us as parents we're not doing our job, right? But when I start to do my job, now that's a problem. So it gives the kids a way to combat what their parents are saying. So really the children have more control than the parents do. And it's really our fault because I feel like our generation of 80s babies, we became afraid of this system. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so now it's like, we don't want them to take our kids away because we're not bad parents, right? right? We're trying to do the best that we can, but you're steady critiquing me on every little thing that I do. So I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. Like, what do I do at this point? But at this point, I'm crying out to you, asking you for help. You saying there is no help. So how do you tell me that I'm wrong for doing what I feel like is right for my child and you can't help me? Right. What to do? We're not the only mothers going through this. No. I know several of them personally. Yep. Talked to two through Instagram who went through the same thing. And it only was because of the knowledge that I had from going through this that helped them get their child back. Mm. Yeah. And in fact, I'm glad you said it because when I got my case, when I got, when they opened the abandonment case on me for bringing him to the hospital to mm -hmm. get help, they told me that I would lose my other two children. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not fit to raise him, you're not fit to raise, raise any of them. You're right. And that's in. That's why I get so upset with people. I'm always fussing on Facebook when they say, oh, get the parents, arrest the parents, arrest the parents. You can't always say that because these kids, me personally, I think they all they make their own decisions. They need to be punished because you're going to take my children up from me or you're going to take me to jail because my one child doing something wrong. And then you're going to make two more kids need need a mother. This is this is the thing. Though. Everybody who's saying arrest the parents haven't been through this. Exactly. Everybody who's saying the rest of parents don't even have children. So how can you tell me what I'm unfit to do? I Listen, I go back and forth with DCFS right now today because you sending in 24, 25-year-old kids who don't have kids and they're trying to tell me based on a book that they read in class how to raise my kids or what you feel like is fit for them. We are raising children in the city of New Orleans. This is not a gentle parenting city. Definitely not. You cannot gently parent your children here because the, the fact of the matter is, is that they could go to the bus stop. Somebody could be riding up the street shooting and they're not going to care about your feelings. So I need to raise my kids in a tougher environment and then I need to be a tougher parent because I have to prepare them for these different scenarios. I got to prepare them on, you got to duck. If somebody tell you get down, you get down. If you got to crawl under a car, you got to, we're teaching them how to survive their life at seven and eight years old. They're learning how to defend themselves from gunfire and then it's rapid gunfire this is not nothing that's we not beefing with nobody this is just 
the city that we lived in, but what DCFS, the state of Louisiana, Governor John Bell Edwards, the um uh, Latoya Cantrell, and everybody else who has something to do with the Orleans Parish School Board and everything else, what they need to think about is the, the platform that you have given these kids to control your household are the same ones that is committing a juvenile crime. If you just turn the power back over and release that power back to the parents' hands for me to discipline my child as I see fit for that child because we also have to talk about the fact that each kid have a different personality. Will work for one, will not work for the other one. So you can't tell me that there's a flat way to raise kids when you're teaching them that everybody got their own mind, everybody have their own personality. So I'm the first one to get to know this kid. I'm the one that spends 24 hours a day through 65 with them. So I know when they're lying. I know when they're really sick. I know when they're really tired. I know when they're happy. I know when they sad. I know this because I feel this as a parent. You have no spiritual, emotional, or no connection with them. But you're telling me I'm a bad parent. No, y'all are bad leaders for allowing things to go the way that they have gone. For so long and now it's enough is enough we can't even get the kids across the stage at a graduation without one of them being shot without them fighting with each other like let's let's be honest and let's be real let's really talk about this if we want to talk about it this this is ridiculous and if it not had been for the culture i don't know where i would be mentally right because that was my support yeah it's definitely a much needed break I remember I was having a fuss. I was fussing. Oh, oh I was, that was Monster. I was talking with Monster on Facebook. And um, Monster was like, well, people need to stop having all them kids if they can't take care of them or if they can't control them or whatever. I said, well, Monster, what you want them to do? Put the children back? Once they're here, they're here. What are we going to do with them? They're here. So all we can do is try. The kids not always bad. They start out being good. And then all of a sudden, there's like a switch. What do you think? When did you first notice about your daughter that she was switching? When she got to middle school, peer pressure. Mm. When she got to middle school, I'm a little bit older fashion because my grandmother raised me, okay? My grandma raised me. And my grandma did not play like that. You know Mm. what I'm saying? So it's the certain things and everything is everything is age appropriate, right? Mm -hmm. You asking me to wear hair down your back and lashes and you 12 and 13 years old and I'm telling you no, that's not cool for a young lady to do. Like you a young girl, you just now learning how to take care of your body, just now getting into having a cycle administration. Like what do you feel like? Who you trying to attract with lashes and hair? Mm-hmm. But to the school and it's 25 other little girls in her class with everybody with wigs down their body back lashes that's curling up more than mine and everybody got braces it's like they all look the same it's robotic like and i'm trying to teach my but i'm wrong for trying to teach my child to love herself whether she's bald-headed or whether she got her hair down her back or if she have on makeup or don't have on makeup but at 13 years old like the children are not in competition with each other the parents are Mm. The parents are in competition with each other because it's like, if you can't do these things for your child, this make you a bad parent. Right. So now that you've taught your child that, your child is coming to my child saying, oh, your mama abusing you because she won't let you get nails long or she won't let you have a boyfriend. Like, this is not nothing that we should be talking about in middle school. You know what I'm saying? Right. Don't, be, 
don't get me wrong, everybody have a crush. You know, mm-hmm. that's like, they start to be saying, oh, I like this boy. And I'm right. like, you know, those different type of things. But you, y'all really, like got these little girls out here like they advertising themselves to grown men. So now she think it's something wrong with me. Right. Because I'm trying to teach her not to do these things. It's the same thing with my son. See, when them skull things with the, with the pandemic, fucked everything uh-huh. up. Oh, excuse me. They messed uh-huh. everything up. Uh-huh. Because they walking around with these poo shiesty masks. All of this thing. Like, that's not cool. Like, giving you away. That means that you're trying to hide yourself from something. If somebody, that's why we have a lot of mistaken identity uh, out here because mm-hmm. the boys feel like it's cool to walk around with a shiesty mask on and it's 115 degrees outside. Tell me why an 11 year old needs a damn poo shiesty mask. Like, explain that to me. But us as parents, we allowing it because it's just fashion or that's just a trend. No, the parents are in competition with each other. If we stop competing with each other and create that village like we had, we all had that nosy Miss Marcy who was going to tell the mama everything and we couldn't stand her. Oh, we couldn't stand her. Oh, y'all, here come Miss Marcy. We got to go on the other side of the street. <laughs> got to go somewhere because she going to tell everything. Mm-hmm. That it saved a lot of children's lives. It, it stopped us from doing a whole lot of things that we didn't have no business doing. And if we don't have that, nobody wants you to tell their kids anything. So if I see your child playing in the street, I'm just supposed to let them play in the street and then I see a car coming and let them get hit instead of saying, get your butt out that street. Uh-huh. You see that car coming. But then the parent is, don't tell my baby nothing. Uh-huh. If they want to play in the street, they could play in the street. So right. I'm supposed to come get you to get your child out the street and I see your child in immediate danger. That makes me less of an adult. That makes me less human. Right. You're asking us to not be human. Right. How are we supposed to survive like that? And that's another thing. And I'm glad, like, you know, that's where all these are good points. We got the the situation with the city and the state with them just being poor leaders. And then we need to stand up more like you're doing. And we need to call out the bad, like you said, the bullshit. Call out the bullshit as we see it because they got a lot of parents who allow stuff that they shouldn't allow. You know, if you got it, you got it. But I see kindergartners going to school with, with Gucci shoes on. So it's like, then you got other kids looking like, oh, you know, and then that's, that's all these kids wear. And, like, and, and you're the best that you can to make sure that you have a rule. I had to break it down to my kids like this. I could buy y'all all that. I could. But what we gonna sleep? <laughs> that part. What we, gonna, what we gonna eat? How the lights gonna stay on? Right. Each one of these shoes is $1,000 a piece, right? Mm-hmm. So if each one of y'all walking around with a thousand dollar pair of shoes, how y'all gonna eat? Add them thousand dollars up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You will never be able to have nothing. Everybody household is not the same. Everybody is not on section eight. Everybody don't live in the project. Everybody, mm-hmm. is, you know, like going through the, and that, that's no pun intended. I'm just saying our bills right. are. Right, that's true. My bills are different. I pay rent out my pocket. Mm-hmm. So I can't afford to buy you a $1,000 pair of shoes in my rent. 
$1,500. I just can't afford to do that. Right. So you can make me feel bad because you can't wear a pair of Alexander McQueen or whoever he is. Mm -hmm. or, um, what's the other boy name with a boy? A P. Um, Balenciaga. Balenciaga. Hey, him. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't even own a pair of those. I could see if I owned them, and you saw me walking around in them. But I don't even own that. If I could, I probably wouldn't even spend my money on that. You know, but it's 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 just being, I, and it's no pun intended because some parents can't afford that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I'm just asking that we really think about what we programming children into feeling like this is cool. I want generational wealth for y'all. I'm still trying to right. buy a house and make sure that if I pass away, that this house can forever be y'all. Like I don't have time to be worrying about. No thousand dollar pair of shoes. Look, y'all like Jordans and G Nikes, and that's hard enough. Right, that's expensive. And see, to me, that's really the, the only problem with it. I don't have, you know, because you know, I like nice stuff, but I stopped buying it because I don't want my kids because I saw how they were turning, and I was like, you know what, I'm wearing the stuff, so they're looking at it, and they think they're supposed to wear, it, but I'm the one with the job. But anyway, the reason why I say the kids don't need it because you got to work your way up. You can't just start at five years old wearing Gucci because if you got Gucci this year, what you gonna wear next year? If you wearing Gucci every year, I ain't gonna be able to buy you no Nikes when school starts. You ain't gonna want that. You gonna be looking at me like, what is that? Like, there's some shoes, but no, they want their Gucci. They want, you know, all kinds of stuff. And it's like, if you can't keep it up, not like for those that could keep it up, more power to them. But I just think that we need to, even if you can afford it, just be careful like with what you getting your children because you gotta keep in mind what you teaching them. And that's, we but all gotta take it also, responsibility. Also creates problems for those kids. Yeah. Because now you're 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 creating a child that has a God complex. Yeah. And you're right. You're you're telling other children y'all broken, y'all don't have you don't have nothing, and your parents ain't nothing because they can't buy you this, and I'm in here fresh every day. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, we're not teaching them morals and values anymore. And it's turning them into entitled little kids. And when you turn them into these entitled children and you have taught them that, that is another reason why we have 13 and 14 year old kids out here who feel like they need to rob, steal and kill because they got to continue putting on this persona for life because you've instilled them mm -hmm. this them. Yeah. So now they feel like they're not worthy if something happened to the point so well you can't afford this no more because the bigger they get the shoes get more expensive. More expensive. So yeah. now you can't buy the 60 70 dollar shoes no more for them. Mm -hmm. You really having to spend four five hundred dollars on a pair of shoes plus mm -hmm. yeah because even Nikes is not cheap joint no. is not Cheap and I, you can't spend. I, I know on mine they got big feet. I'm my 16 year old in the size seven, so I, mm. that's two hundred dollars off the dump. Just that, mm -hmm. just to have, just for him to have a nice pair of shoes, right? So it's not teaching those other children that you know, yeah, it's okay to have nice things, or hey, if you buy those nice things. Don't send them to school with them on. That's why a lot of schools went to the Under Armour shoes. And the Under Armour shoes is even 
expensive, but the uniforms is expensive. It is. Like, let's, let's talk about it. I'm paying thirty dollars for one shirt. Yeah, the, the stuff is. And guess what? I would just. I made a post about the line at that store in Gentilly. The line was out the door, and the people just got a line up outside. Which I hate that they make them people line up outside like that. But you know, half the people on my page was like, "Oh, well, they shouldn't wait to the. Why they wait to the last minute?" You don't understand. Sometimes when people are on a fixed income, that's the way you gotta shop. You shop when it's time for you to get whatever it is you need. And I brought my son five pair of pants for school, and guess what? He showed me the day where his pants is short. You know, and that's more money I gotta come Bro. up with. Kids grow. Let's just be real. Right. How they are built over the summer may not be how they are built when school starts. So mm -hmm. they gain weight. They might lose weight. They might get taller. Their feet might grow. So for me, that's unethical to go buy uniforms four, five months in advance when in four, five months, you're going to change. Yep. So I need to be able to match what you are now and then estimate how you're gonna how you're gonna grow when you get older. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I mean when when time comes for, time for school. And then I'm trying to predict how you're gonna be built during the winter time. That's why a lot of parents don't shop during the winter. It's not that we don't have money, our daily lives still continue, but with me, I can speak for me. I have kids in all type of sizes and all of them grow different yeah so i have to be able to accommodate that i can't send the tiniest one in super big clothes because then that's gonna ring bells too or they don't ever have no clothes that fit the right way so exactly what am i doing wrong because i'm doing what's best for my household yeah, it, it's hard. Like we just, it's just really hard for parents because it's like whichever way we turn to try to get some kind of help, there there is none. What you think about the school system? I think it's a bunch of garbage. I feel like we have let our kids down there first because we are not the type of parents to sit down and really go to these school board meetings. It's no way we should be a fully chartered school system, not have a school, uh, a parish school board. That is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. This lottery stuff is ridiculous. One-app stuff is ridiculous. That's causing a lot of problems and stuff too because you have children who don't live in that area who getting mm -hmm. bumped at 37 o'clock in the morning and yep. they not even on this side because we trying to play a, a pick and choose game with which school is the best school when really all of them trash. <laughs> They're creating a, a faster way for the school to jail pipeline. That's real. It is. If y'all don't know what the school to jail prison pipeline is, is they treat the kids in school more and more like a prison so that they are used to prison so that they are not functional enough that when they graduate that they turn to crime and they end up in prison our kids are set up for jail we are watching it happen on a day-to-day -day basis and it's parents like me who don't have a voice or don't have enough voices to bind together to say that this is enough because it's not enough parents that even count and guess what? A lot of people think that that's not real, but I promise you my little nephew was telling me a story one day and it blew my mind. He said, yeah, because we got in trouble so we don't have recess for the whole month. I said, no recess? He said, yeah, and they give them, they have to eat cold lunch. 
Now this is a child. He don't know nothing about the, the prison, the pipe. He don't know nothing about any of that. He don't know the cold lunch thing, but I know that's some jail stuff. You punishing these first children all, by giving them cold lunch? First of all, the kids walk in the, in the door going through a metal detector. They walk through being searched. Well, I went to John Mack, and they, they definitely searched. When I went I went to 35, I don't remember being searched, but at John Mack, he was definitely searched. Which high school you went to? We got searched. Which way, where you went? I didn't even go to school here. Wow. I got school. I got searched on a daily basis. And... I want to say when my daughter started going to Carver, Maya graduated what, 2020? So two years before she graduated, 2018, that's when they installed the metal detectors at Carver. I'm talking about in the new building. In that new building, it was 2018. They said security officers in the front that mm-hmm. like police. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's real. They teach us about everything except for ourselves. They don't teach us our history. They don't teach us like my son was asking me um about Haiti. He was like, would you rather be an African or a Haitian? I said, well, son, if you really think about it, I'd rather be a Haitian. They the only ones who conquered um the the slavery. Yeah, they fought back in history. I say that's why that country is so doing so badly right now because they don't have any English European. colonization. Uh-huh. No European colonization in that country. Mm-hmm. That's why it's considered to be a third world country. And he was like, that's not true. He looked up the facts and he was like, dang, man, I ain't know that. Yep. These children learn less and less. They're not reading on the level that they're supposed to be reading on. At all. They um they came with the common core stuff, but the common core is not even working for them. No. Because the school is still going down. How, how many okay, prisons are based on how many they get their income from how many inmates they have. Mm-hmm. Schools right now are based on how many feet they could fill. The mm-hmm. They have filled the more money they have coming in. Mm-hmm. So they already set that up. They take away the books. They insert the internet. I see more teachers during the daytime making TikTok videos with their students than the students probably learning. That's a whole nother, nother thing for another day. I, get, I mean, listen, I guess they try to relate to them with any way they can, but... But they feel like you my equal. Then you wonder why I disrespect you. Like, I can put my hands on you. That's right. That's right. It's just tough. And it's, it's, it's scary because it's like, where the answer at? You know, like you say, we need more voices. More more mothers need to come, not just mothers, more parents need to come together and try to fix this little situation because, you know, this is our situation, this is our kid. You know, I've never, ever, even though we was a murder capital in 94, we never buried so many babies, so many children. We never had that many children doing a shooting either. 
Like yes. everybody always want to say, oh, we've been like this. We've been like this. No. Oh, Back in the day, they were shooting for drugs. Oh, got killed on the service road yesterday. 15 and 11. Oh. The best that the mayor could do is pay for the rules. Like, you're not really trying to reach the source of what the problem is, but the source of the problem is the poverty. Mm-hmm. Because if I can take the parents out of the home, then I can create heaven. Mm. So she has to fight for us as the parents. The governor has to fight to raise minimum wage. He just denied us another minimum wage when he got um when the when the law switched over during local election, he denied a raise for the state of Louisiana. So we still really can get paid seven twenty five, but he gave, the, he gave everybody in office a raise. We have to pay attention to what's going on, so we know exactly how to fight and when to say something. Yeah, because yeah. if I'm not making the money for me to be available, then the city is based off of tourism and the culture, right? Mm-hmm. So most of the jobs that you have are. Over the weekend and during holidays, that's another way to keep the parents out of the home. Mm-hmm. We got to get the money while the money is good, and the money is only good during this season from April. The summertime, that's why they say the murder rate skyrocket during the summertime because a lot of more people are struggling in those three months than they do the rest of the year. Right. What are we putting in place? She still haven't paid them kids from North. So the kids that's doing the right thing and trying to do the right thing and the parents who have put their kids in a position to make money for themselves, you're not even paying them. Yeah, that's big. Let's talk about it. That's big. That's that's wrong. Them kids, and that's like, what that's showing them? And it's also showing them they don't have no voice either. It's showing them they they don't have no voice. It's showing them that they don't matter. It's showing them that we are liars. It's showing them that we don't have no accountability. It's showing them that we really are still slaves. And, that, and it's showing that we don't care about them either. Because what, I'm, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to take the money that I really go to work and Like, you know, morally, what I would want to do is take my money that I go to work for. I'm sorry this happened to you, child. But here is your money that you work so hard for. But then we in a hole because I want to fulfill my child's desire from them going to work. They probably was catching a bus, school buses, and I mean, a um, city bus and everything. So everything that I'm trying to teach them basically is a lie because I'm trying to teach you to be an upstanding citizen. I'm trying to teach you how to have a job. I'm trying to teach you to go to work every day and then y'all play with their money. Right. Can't get mad when they go take it out somebody's car. Come on now. Whew, we got a lot, <laughs> and we 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 went on. In fact, I this this a, this was a good conversation because we could probably go on a whole another one. But I think we're gonna do another another one because there's a lot a lot that we brought up and a lot that needs to be discussed. And I promise you, any money once I put this out, there gonna be so many people that have comments and they want to say stuff because this is a real good conversation. So I'm glad we left on that because we're gonna get back. Definitely gonna get back because we we gotta make a difference. Somebody gotta stand up and say enough is enough. 
You feel what I'm saying? So I appreciate you. Thank you, Tamika, for coming on. And I promise you, I'm going to send you another link because we're going to do this again. Because we no got to finish this conversation. No problem. Anytime. I really enjoy myself. So now that I know your face when I see you, I owe me a hug. Somebody <laughs> who know me, they be like, girl, I, I am. I'm a hugger. Okay. I feel like when you have uh uh even exchange of positive energy mm-hmm. sometimes you don't know what a person going through and that that one embrace may mean something to them right so um that's let's try to the next time we'll talk about the domestic violence we oh yeah because we we definitely got to get that domestic violence we've been having a lot of women getting killed lately so we got to get on that soon i think i gotta work i gotta go to covington tomorrow i think later on in the week i'll be free we're gonna get back on and we're gonna discuss all that too Okay, that sounds great. Have a good one, Hill. All right, you too. Y'all have a good one. All right. Peace and light. Y'all, thanks for watching.